A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. It's another edition of the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor, the president of Skybox Financial Group with uh, offices in two main locations, serving you, of course, in the greater Cleveland area. But also, Scott likes to go to Florida from time to time, has an office in Bradenton, and serves many fine folks down in the area as well. You can find the team online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com and get in touch if you have any questions. And we have a great podcast on the way today. In fact, we're going to be talking a little bit about what basketball teaches us about retirement. You know, March uh, Madness is in the rearview mirror. Scott now, you know, for those who follow the NBA, uh, turning their attention to the playoffs, you know, getting into the playoff time uh, for professional Mm -hmm. basketball. And um, what's the LeBron feeling these days, by the way, in in the greater Cleveland area? I mean, as, as... uh, you rooting for him as with being with the Lakers or not so much? You know what? It, it's just not relevant to me anymore. I think, and okay. I think that's that's kind so of the thought not with a, a lot of people. It's no, like the ex, it's, it's like just, the ex girlfriend where it's like, oh, we didn't end on bad terms. I mean, we're not we're not friendly anymore. But like they're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. I think the the, the reason now is that you know he's so he's past his prime. I mean, he's he, you know when he first left the first time, he was in his prime. And, you know, we had such high expectations of winning a championship and he left and went to Miami and there was a lot of hatred, a lot of, you know, that there was burning LeBron James jerseys in the streets. But, you know, he came back, we won a championship, then he left again, but he was kind of through his prime at that point. And not that he's not a good basketball player, he still is, but, you know, so I think it's just kind of, you know, most people are like, eh, whatever. And, and the you know, the Cavs you know, struggle ever when he's not here. <laughs> so they're not exactly, uh, you know, been doing great this year. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. But uh, in any event, we're going to use some of that basketball, uh, you know, time of year as uh, basketball starts wrapping up for some financial planning lessons. So this should be a lot of fun. We'll talk about some of the rules and elements of the game of basketball and relate them to finance. Don't worry if you aren't a huge basketball fan or know all the rules. We're not going to get that technical on the uh, show today. Hey, get it? A little pun there? Yes, yes. Yes. Um, I, I deserve a technical foul for that pun. Well, actually. and Walter, you used to do women's basketball play-by-play, so Very this true. is right up your alley. That's right. For uh, seven or eight seasons, did the uh, radio play-by-play for the uh, University of North Carolina Tar Heel women basketball team and uh, called basket- high school basketball for many years before that as well. So definitely did my time in the sports broadcasting world. So I'll try to bring some fun to the show in that regard today. I tell you what, Walter, I really do appreciate play-by-play announcers so much more watching my daughter's uh, lacrosse games. So I think everybody probably knows I've got three daughters that play in college. Two of them are together at Capital University, and one of them is at Slippery Rock in Pennsylvania. And both Capital and Slippery Rock have play-by-play announcers that do the women's lacrosse games. And most other schools don't. And it's so much more enjoyable. Some schools, 
like if they go away to another school, they may broadcast the game. And, you know, we can't make every game, so we watch them. But a lot of them won't even have sound. Like you can't even hear oh, like the, that's not the even game fun. sound, yeah. right? But like Slipper Rock, for instance, the play-by-play guy does so good. He gets so excited when they shoot a goal, and he knows all their names. He does research. He's pulling up stuff like, oh, yeah, the record, you know. You know, their lifetime record against each other is six and six. And, you know, he's got all this information and it just makes it so much more enjoyable. Slippery Rock also does like replays. So they're like really high tech. And, and the Capital guy, he does a really good job too. Uh, and then he was, mi- he was missing for a couple games. And yeah, I don't know, on vacation or sick or something. And boy, watching it without having that play-by-play, you, you miss it. So I have a greater appreciation for play-by-play people now. I appreciate it. It is not the easiest job. It's a fun job, certainly, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, pressure on you, eyeballs, criticism, uh, those kinds of things. So, you know, I would always be uh, find it interesting when I would get a uh, comment from someone after, you know, the day after a game or something like that, or before the next game that would say, we had some concerned viewers who um, uh, brought up some issues with the way that you described X, Y, Z. So just wanted to uh, pass that along to you. And I'd be like, yeah, that means the coach heard, watched the film and heard commentary and didn't like what was said. <laughs> du- duly noted, but, uh, you know, sort of independent, but also sort of not independent. I got it. Yeah, it was, uh, right, right. When, when you're the team's guy, you have to toe an interesting line. So. Does, understand versus like the ESPN guys so there's challenges like that and, and other things to deal with so but yeah it was uh, it was a lot of fun to do it for many years so yeah we'll have fun talking about that on the show today plus we've got a good question from Andy to answer uh, Andy's wondering about investing too much in one particular stock here's a little preview for you we're talking about almost a million dollars in one stock for Andy Ooh, that'll be interesting mm-hmm. and so we'll get Scott's opinion on that later on as well plus we're going to talk a little music in the getting to know you segment today as well all that and more straight ahead. Let's kick it off with our basketball talk, Scott. So here's the idea. You know, uh, we've got retirement planning concepts that we want to learn from the game of basketball. So let's start with a simple rule in basketball. You've got the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just a, a time limit on being able to hold onto the ball before you have to take a shot. They force you to take some action in the game of basketball. It's different times depending on what you know level of sport you're playing, but in general rule, every game and type of basketball has some 24 or 30 second or whatever the case may be shot clock that you have to adhere to, and you've got to put mm-hmm. the ball up at the rim. Do we have any sort of shot clock elements like that in the financial world where we're kind of on a time limit? Yeah, actually we do, and a lot of it will evolve around you having to make a quick decision because something has happened where you you do have that time limit. So an example would be, let's say your company comes to you and uh, they're downsizing and you get an early retirement buyout package. You have a certain amount of time on whether you decide if you want to take it or not. So, you know, all of these things I'm going to preface, your decisions are much, much easier if you've already created a financial plan and you know where you stand. Because I've had people that have got buyout packages, they come in here for the first time, they're like, should I take this? And I say, well, I don't know, because I don't know anything about your situation. So then we need to create the financial plan first and say, okay, if you've got a severance package and you got this, you know, and, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, if we took your 401k and we rolled it over, then 
you know, this is what your retirement's going to look like. If you did it this way, this is what your retirement would look like. So, yeah, being prepared before you even get on the shot clock is going to actually allow you to make those decisions quicker and more confidently. So, I mean, that's just one of example. I mean, another one would be, you know, an inheritance. If somebody's passed away, you know, one of your family members and you've got a limited amount of time to figure out, you know, what you're going to do. How are we going to, you know, put this money, you know, how, what are we going to do with this? So that's another example where you kind of have a little bit of a time limit. I think the last one would be, too, if you are about ready to retire and you haven't done any planning yet, again, now you're up against the clock. If you come in here and and 30 days before you want to retire and say, should I do this? Well, now we're up against the clock in order to get that planning done before you make that decision whether you want to retire. So I think preparation is the key to be able to perform on the court when you're under the shot clock. So important. And, um, you know, not everything in life is going to have that sort of dramatic, um, you know, shot clock element to it. But when we recognize that uh, there's going to be a time limit on making a decision, hopefully it allows us to focus in and uh, get better prepared. And we see that happen with the shot clock uh, in basketball and in those ways in the financial world. All right. There's this other rule that when people are first learning how to play basketball, Scott, that they, they really struggle with. It's the double dribble. You can't dribble the ball with both hands at the same time. You have to hit one hand on the ball each time. You can't, that's double dribble. Or the other way you double dribble is pick up the ball, so you stop your dribble and then restart it. They call that a double dribble as well, and you can't do that. Once you pick up the basketball, you have to make a decision. Um, and, you, and a lot of people times get stuck, right? We see it in, it's a big mm-hmm. part of the game. You try and trap somebody, they pick up their dribble, then you, defenders will come over to that person and try and take the ball away because really that person has run out of as many options now that they no longer are dribbling the ball. They're stuck in one spot. So they have to try and make a tough pass or take a shot from maybe a tough angle. And life just gets a lot harder for that basketball player once they pick up that dribble. And the double dribble is what's, you know, keeping that from, uh, you know, them getting out of that situation easier. So what about in the financial world? Do we have planning decisions where, you know, we, we sometimes pick up that dribble and have to make a choice? Well, let, let me preface this in that I have a 12-year-old daughter that plays travel basketball, and I, and I love watching her play basketball. But I think the most calls in a 12-year-old's basketball game is the double dribble call. It's, that's right around where you've got some players who have definitely gotten it and then others who are still just not quite there yet. Like it's not an innate right. thing yet. My daughter will come up the court if, if she's she's not the typical point guard, but if the other one has to take a break, she usually will bring it up, and then you know they'll start putting some pressure on her at the half court, and she'll pick her dribble up, and I just want to scream, <laughs> "Don't pick your dribble up at half court!" Right. right. Then you're going to have some issues. But uh, you know, from financial planning, though, there are issues where you really you have no do overs because if you if you pick that dribble up, you're stuck at that point. And I think one of the, the ones I see a lot when people come in is Social Security. So maybe they took Social Security at age 62. They come to see me, they're 65, and they're finally going to retire. Maybe they took it while they were working. You can't do a do-over with Social Security. Once you pick your Social Security option, and there is a little gray area, you do have a little time you can go back, and you, you can reverse it and pay the money back. But you know, you get a couple of years down the road, you can't go back and change how and when you took Social Security. So if you took the reduced payout to take it earlier, 
you can't go back and say, all right, well, you know, I've been on this three years now. I realized I probably should have waited age 70 instead of taking it at 62. We did a financial plan. You know, my whole family's lived to be 95. Uh, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. You can't go back and do it over again. So that, that would be an example. And again, if, if that person had a financial plan in place earlier, they would have known when their optimal time to take that Social Security, and they wouldn't have to, to have a do-over. And they wouldn't find themselves in the double dribble situation. And another very similar instance is with pensions. Now, now pensions are fewer and far between nowadays because this isn't your grandfather's retirement where you just retire with a pension and life is good. Right? Pensions aren't out there like they used to be. But a lot of companies still have them. And when you go to pick your pension option, you usually will have to pick, you know, do you want it just on your life? In other words, if you get your pension payment, you'll get more money, but when you eventually pass away, then your spouse would get nothing? Or do you do like, you know, 50% where you, you know, have half of it, and then instead of getting, you know, 1000 a month, you get 500 but when you pass away, your spouse would continue to get the 500 for the rest of her life. You have to pick those types of options when you select your pension. And once you select it and you start taking your pension, again, you can't go back and change that. So, you know, those are just a couple examples of those financial decisions in the financial planning world that once you make them, you can't go back and undo. And, and that's where I, I think that people need to be very careful. That's a great point. And uh, that double dribble gets you every time. Even the pros mm -hmm. fall victim to picking up that dribble at half court when they get a little spooked or, you know, trapped or something like that and can get in trouble. So if you're a 12 year old playing basketball and that happens to you, don't get discouraged. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> you get better and you'll learn, learn from those lessons. Um, the good news in basketball is, you know, if you double dribble and turn the ball over, yeah, the worst that happens is the other team scores two or three points. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of get to try again. Financial life, eh, we don't always get those redos or have the uh, consequences be so minimal of the double dribble. So let's make Very sure true. that we're making good choices there. All right, I mentioned my bad pun earlier about the technical. It's a type of foul in basketball. Uh, the more general, broader term is just a personal foul. So uh, committing a foul, you know, speaking of things that are, you know, big consequences, little consequences. In basketball, committing a foul isn't the end of the world, just part of the game. So getting called for a foul or even two or three, not a big deal. But if we get five in college or six in the pros, well, all of a sudden now you're out of the game, Scott. So right. it's a different dynamic where not a big deal individually, but too many of these becomes an issue. Well, yeah. So in the, in the financial planning world, I think this relates a lot to, to investing in your portfolio. If, for instance, you, you're doing your investing yourself, you pick a bad few investments, hey, you know, no big deal. You got a portfolio of 20 different stocks, you pick a couple bad ones, hey, no big deal. But if you continually to do that or you, you make some big bets and, and you buy some different securities and there's a big loss there, well, it could get you out of the retirement game. It could set you back. So if your portfolio is not invested properly, you know, and there is a, a big mistake there, or you commit a foul, it could set you back far enough where you can't retire when you want or with as much money. So you need to be careful of the personal fouls as, as far as investing. When, when you get to that retirement, again, you, you, you can't go back and undo all those fouls. And then once you're in retirement, I mean, there's other types of, of fouls you can commit. And I mean, you, from not only the investing standpoint, but maybe 
you know, from an income standpoint, maybe you, you invested in different things and you projected your income to be at a certain level. Again, those are kind of little personal fouls that they're not really going to affect you a lot. But if they keep adding up, yeah, it really could get you kicked out of the game. Yeah, so many of these things you've just got to be aware of and uh, you can't make so many mistakes. It's that simple. Uh, we can get away with one or two usually, but uh, they start piling up kind of makes the whole plan come crumbling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other fun comparisons you can draw between basketball and retirement, Scott? Well, you know, I think I think of one thing in particular, and, and it's uh, it's practice. When the pros go out there and they do a basketball game, they put hours and hours of practice and preparation, preparing for that big game. When they get out there and they're going to play that game, they've been preparing and they've been practicing to get to that point. So I think a correlation with the, in the financial world is doing that preparation and getting your plans in place before you get to that big game. That big game could be retirement. So you need to prepare and plan ahead of time so that when you get there, you're ready to you know, play in the big game and perform well. That's fantastic. Practice makes perfect. That saying's been around that's for right. all of us who've played any sport for a long time, and that's definitely very true. So if you want to make sure that you are uh, practicing properly when it comes to preparing for retirement, look at that little alliteration. I like it. And uh, don't want to commit personal fouls, another one. Uh, reach out wow. to Scott Searles. Have a good conversation with him about some of the things going on in your financial life. Make sure you're not committing the financial double dribble or you know the... Uh, the personal fouls, or of course, like we talked about at the beginning, the shot clock violations. We don't want any of those things happening in your financial no. plan. We want to make sure that you're winning the game of retirement. And so if you want to get in touch with Scott, if you have any questions about your plan, it's easy to do so. 888-742-0111 is the number, or go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. You can also go to talktoscott.com, and we'll put a link to that in the description of today's show. And you can schedule time to meet with Scott for a free consult right from your smartphone or computer. That's talktoscott.com. All right, time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. It's getting to know you time. All right, Scott, my question for you this time around, what song or artist would people be most surprised to learn that you like? (laughs) Now, I do think this may, I don't know, shock some people. But maybe not think that I'm the type of guy that would necessarily like this. But I am a huge fan of Metallica and heavy metal. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. Yes. I am surprised to hear that. Yeah, I, I, I've loved Metallica since I was in high school. Well, college, really. And uh, I, I've just I've gone to see them you know, three, four times in concert. And, uh, yeah, whenever I just want to... You know, kind of get pumped up or something. It's I put the Metallica on. That's my go-to. So that's where all your hair went from all the headbanging sessions of listening to Metallica <laughs> over the years. It just shook all off. Now I will say, when I went to the concerts, when I went to the concerts, I did not dress very well to fit in. Okay, okay, okay. but but uh, but I do enjoy the music. Eh, it's not a bad thing to like a little, uh, you know, a little little something heavier every once in a while can yeah. fit fit the mood, perhaps. I don't know if I've got one here because I just really don't have any musicians that I that I feel that strongly about to say, oh, I'm surprised because it's really like I like one song that this person does, you know, like that's my that's my playlist is one or two songs from every artist. You know what I mean? It's that sort of thing. So it's not really like I really like this artist. It might be I like a song or two from this person. So I don't know if I can pick one for this one. 
So you don't have like a Debbie Gibson playlist? No, nothing. I don't know. I guess maybe. Okay, so I do like, uh, there's an artist, Pat Metheny, who is a famous um, jazz artist. So there you go. I have a ton of okay. Pat, I have a ton of Pat Metheny albums because I grew up with my dad listening to jazz whenever we would drive somewhere, and he always had these Pat Metheny cassette tapes. And so okay. I grew up just really enjoying Pat Metheny. But it's like, it's not. It's just guitar, It's mostly like guitar jazz um, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. So it's not even like the more traditional, you know, brass jazz. So yeah, maybe I guess that maybe that might be a little surprising. But then my name is Walter, so it's not that surprising that no, no, no. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so, so you know, it kind of fits in a little bit. But there you go. Yeah. So anyway, I like your Metallica one. That definitely surprises me a little bit. Didn't see? see, didn't see that one coming. There you go. Getting to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. Now, as always, we get to know you with a really good listener question this week. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And this week's question comes to us from Andy. Andy says, how much of my portfolio is it okay to have invested in just one stock? If the question had ended there, it would have led to a good discussion, I think, Scott. But uh, it goes on with one extra little detail here. I have about $2 million, and almost half of it is invested in one company. Now it just got even more interesting. It did. It did. Absolutely. And a big red flag just popped up too. I think if, if, if we had visuals in here, I'd, I'd pop up. I, maybe I'd throw out a yellow card right here because, uh, I think we've, we've, we've definitely have a violation here. Um, this would, do do they have those in lacrosse? What's the yellow and red card equivalent in lacrosse? Yeah, you, you get, they, they have those. So if you, if you hit, uh, you know, hits the head or instant yellow card, sit out two minutes. Have you ever seen anyone get a red card in one of your matches? I have, but they're not very often. And that's usual. Multiple yellow cards are violating warnings. You get the red. So don't whack people in the head in lacrosse and you won't get the exactly. red card. At least you... women's lacrosse. Men's, it's okay. But... <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, but I think, Andy, I think you might be committing a personal foul right here. And it could be one that could get you disqualified from the game. The reason being is that you know, when you've got a concentrated position – you certainly have an enormous amount of risk. Now that may work out great, right? That you know that stock could do super well, and your two million could turn into four very quickly. You know, if if it would work out right. But if it doesn't work out right, you are taking an enormous amount of risk, and all of a sudden your whole portfolio, well, you know, a million of it could be wiped out. I mean, things go wrong. I mean, we've all heard of Enron before. I mean, employees had our whole 401k plan in Enron stock, and they went bankrupt. So, you know, weird things happen. So I always would suggest to people the way that you minimize risk is through diversification. That's the best way to do it. So because, you know, my crystal ball is as fuzzy as as yours is. You don't know, Andy, exactly what's going to happen with that. So I would tell you diversify definitely 50% of your portfolio in one concentrated stock is probably more risk than you really you know, want or need to be taking. So I would definitely diversify that down. As, as well as a percentage, though, that would be appropriate for you, I really don't know enough to say, hey, you should have 10% or 15%. I don't know the company. I don't know, you know all those things to necessarily give you the percentage that would work for you, but a million dollars would seem excessive. Yeah, that's uh, definitely very true. At the, at the least, the red flag is in the air, 
mm-hmm. and we think a personal foul may have been committed. We're going to have to go to the review monitor, Scott, to confirm that a personal foul has happened um, in Andy's case. So, you, you know, he would have to come in and look at all those different details and put his situation into full context. So we, we do need to initiate a review, it sounds like, in this situation to, you know, see where we stand. But it sure looks like and there, there's been a foul committed, so. That's really good, you, Walter. I love how you connected the uh, the personal foul to, to Andy's situation here. And like uh, like in that example, Andy, it's nothing to freak out about, nothing to, um, you know, it's not, not the end of the world, but we want to make sure that that personal foul doesn't turn into, you know, getting disqualified from the game, having a big issue with so much money in one company. Let's definitely take a deeper look at your finances and your situation as you get ready for retirement in your future. So thanks for asking that question on today's show. And if you want to reach out to Scott, whether it's, you know, a million dollars that you have all in one company or it's more so about the percentage here, it seems like, Scott, it's, hey, hey, Mm -hmm. half of my portfolio is in this one company. Maybe that's you. It may not be the same amounts, but maybe you do have a lot of eggs in that one basket. It might be time to talk a little bit more about diversification, what that looks like for you, and have those kinds of conversations with Scott. You can get in touch by calling 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111. Or check the description of today's show for all the contact information, including talktoscott.com, where you can schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer. Scott, that's another one in the books. Once again, we're going to skip the um, you know part of our program that is our favorite, the movie and TV show review. But we've just had some busy times lately, so for the month of May, we have uh, skipped that section of the program. It'll be back in June. I'm going to force Scott to watch some more TV or a movie or two <laughs> between now and then, so we can have yeah. that segment back. I might be able to squeeze a little bit in. There we go. All right. If we need to, you can recommend a book or a podcast. We could expand the segment out a little bit if you want to seem more worldly, Scott, to people. We could certainly do that. I fall asleep every time I read a book, full disclosure. <laughs> I, I do as well. I, I, I can only listen to an audio book, and it, it does feel like cheating listening to audio books. So. But uh, I digress. Thank you, my friend. Have a great rest of your month. We'll talk again in June, and uh, go all of your lacrosse teams. Yep, go tribe too. Yeah, that's right. I was trying to throw you throw you off the scent a little bit with, oh. uh, with a different go team at the end. Fantastic. Uh, enjoyed it, my friend, and uh, thank you for listening to the program today. For Scott, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.